this morning what I want to do is pick up a little bit where I left off last week. And, and what I was talking about uh, last week was dealing with our financial health and, uh, and the steps that we need to take concerning our financial health. Because everybody wants to be not only healthy spiritually, physically, mentally, but yet God wants us also to be prosperous and to be healthy in our finances. And uh, the title of it was how, we, how I view uh, and uh, use uh, money. And so God's interested in that, and he's concerned about that. And I shared uh, how many times that Jesus speaks about uh, property, how, how much he speaks about resources and finances in uh, the parables and uh, through the New Testament. And so what I want to do this morning, as I mentioned in the last couple of weeks, uh, I want to lead you into a place where you understand the importance, not only about how we handle our finances and resources God has given to us, but yet how we take care of the house of God. We appreciate the house of God, beautiful facility that God has allowed us to, be, uh, to worship in and uh, to have participated in uh, the building of this facility. But yet, over a period of time, we built this in 1999, I believe we started the project, and uh, many of you were involved in that building project at that time. But now, as you know, 23 years have gone by or so, uh, there are repairs that, that need to be made, major repairs. Now, we've taken care of the minimal things, you know, we've uh, we kind of refreshed our bathrooms, and we've done paint and here and there and patched and remodeled some areas and so on. And those were kind of minor uh, issues that we've had to deal with. But now we're getting into the structural aspect of God's house and specifically dealing with the roofing system. Our building is, uh, and I'm going to get into it uh, a little bit later, but as a lot of you know, our building, when it was being built, is all steel. It's all metal. There, there is really no wood involved uh, to any, any extent in this building. It's all steel, metal construction. And so as the roof being uh, steel, obviously you know uh, what metal does, over a period of time, it starts to corrode in areas and uh, starts to give way. And you're all uh, probably experienced at some point uh, in this building at some time, some water leakage, whether in the main sanctuary here uh, or in some of the classrooms. And so we've been dealing with this for the last uh, five or six years in a, in a, in a big way. Uh, Pastor Bernie knows that we have had uh, teams up there, men's home Pastor Bernie and some of the guys up there, some of the folks up there patching and repairing and getting out that spray and that glue. And, you know, they cut the boat in half and stick it together and it goes into water stuff. And, and so we've done everything. And, and so it has just come to the time now where we need to do a uh, good re-overhaul of our roof. And so before I get into the specifics of that, I want to talk to you about the Word of God. And I want to look with you at the Word of God concerning uh, how God is concerned uh, with uh, His temple and uh, His house. And uh, money plays a big part in that because money is influential. It is. plays a big part 
in our lives, and it determines what we do, where we go, how we spend it. It's influential in our lives. And uh, I use this, this quote that if we don't manage our money properly, it will begin to manage us and begin to rule us instead of us uh, ruling how we spend our money. And in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, I use a scripture that Jesus speaks and says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So in other words, it's priorities. It's dealing with a sense of importance. And if this church is your church and you are fed here and you pay your tithes here prayerfully, you give offerings here, then this message is for you. If you are a guest here and you are visiting with us, God bless you and thank you for coming into this beautiful facility that God has allowed us to worship in. And uh, you, you can learn also and, and uh, let, let what I'm going to be teaching impact your life according to how you see fit uh, for your family. So the question this morning is that why should we give of our time? Because when we talk about resources that God has given to us, he's not only talking about our money, but he's talking about our talents, our gifts. He's talking about the time that we invest and, and that we, we, we dedicate to, to serving the Lord, whether in ministry or coming uh, to church and worshiping. So why should we invest those talents and treasures uh, and, and give them to the Lord? And what are the right reasons for doing that? What are the right reasons for giving and investing in the house of God? Well, I want to use uh, King David as an example. Out of the book of First uh, uh, Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles chapter 29. And I entitled this sermon just uh, simply uh, Building God's House. Yes, it's already built, but yet it needs to continue to stay built and continue to stay uh, in, in a sense where it, it's useful and, and, and helps us to continue to worship. So turn your Bibles over to First Chronicles chapter 29, and we're going to start there with verse 1, King David is speaking to the whole assembly. In verse 1, the NIV version. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. So basically he said, let the old guy go up there and uh, talk about it. He said, the task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, David said, I have provided for the temple of my God gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings of turquoise, stones, various colors of all kinds, of fine stone and marble, of all these in large quantities. That's what David said he gave to God. And in verse 3 it says, Besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold, silver for temple, uh, for the temple of my God, over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold uh, of Ophir, 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and for the silver work and for all the work to be done, by craftsmen, now who is willing to consecrate themselves 
to the Lord today. So we'll stop there because we're going to be looking all the way down through verse 19 as we proceed uh, with this sermon. So we find that in our story, at the, at the text that we read, that David desires to build the house of God, and he's speaking to the people, and God told them the task would not be uh, accomplished by him, but by his son. And so he began to make preparation, to lay down the foundations uh, for the building uh, of this structure. And the way he did that was to begin to challenge the people of God. How would David get the resources to be able to build this magnificent temple, big project? Well, he encouraged the people to give of their, and to devote of their free will offerings uh, to build the Lord's house. And he gave them three important reasons of why they needed to devote their resources to the building of the Lord's house. Number one, the first reason, he said, because God deserves the best. How many can say amen to that? Has God given you his best this morning? Well, there's a few people who can say amen, but I think we can all, deep down inside, say that God has given us his best. What is his number one best he's given us? His son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for our iniquities, our sins, his one and only son, gave his best. And so because he gave his best, and not only in, 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 by giving his son to die for our sins, but yet even after that, through our service to him, through our worshiping of him, he has always given us his best. And, and, and David says... There in, in verse 1, that this palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. So this was not being built for a man to live in, a mere human being. But think about it. David was building the temple for God's presence, for God to dwell in that temple. And he makes the point that we build our structures for our mere mortals to, to dwell in. And, it, you know, we try to do the best. And we cut corners maybe here and cut corners there. But David said, when it comes to the building of God's house, there should be no corners cut because God deserves a, the very best. Not an ordinary building. It's not a Kmart. It's not, thank, thank God, a Target. It's not a Walmart. It's, it's not a, a pep boys. It's the house of God. It is the house of God, the temple of God. So it needs to be special, deserves the very best. And David, in his thinking, wanted to let the people know that building anything less than the best for God would be an insult to the Lord. How could David live in his palace? Because David had a beautiful royal palace that was, that was, that was, had the very best of everything. And David compared his palace and thought about it that I can't just build a, the temple of God like 
the house that I live in, but it's got to be something beyond that. He is the most high God. And in verse 2 and 3, David said, Now I prepared with all my mountain. He goes to list the things uh, that he had already given and prepared for the house of the Lord. What he was contributing to the whole project. And so you see, when I stand up here and I make a, an appeal for, as I did back in 19 probably 80-something, 80 85 or 87 when we started picking up resources to, to build, or I came back in 1988, I think, 89 from England. And so probably a year later, I got tired of looking at barbed wire, and I said, you know what, because uh, it was, for those of you who were here, it was barbed wire fence all the way around the building, and the dirt uh, parking lot was dirt. And so I said, let's just, let's, do something better and build a house for God. And so we started picking up money for uh, like in 1992 or three. And ever since then, Nancy and I have always, even prior to that, invested in the house of God. Back in 1975, before we moved into our, from, from where we were sharing churches uh, with other churches, to having church, we invested and gave in the building project uh, to be able to go into Monterey Park and to, to get that facility. And, and from there, building, uh, investing here, coming here to Norwalk. So there's always been a constant investment. As David said, uh, he invested. We have always uh, invested. And I'm sure there are folks here who have always invested uh, in uh, the house of God. Give yourselves a great hand because that's, that honors God. You've done what God has expected for, for us to do, not only because God deserves the best, but because as God's children and, and you know, God, God's, God's people, we want God to have the best. And when we invested here, you know, I'll even go back to, to Monterey Park. When we invested, those of us who were there at that time, in Monterey Park, we did it for our families. And we may not have had grandchildren at that time, maybe not even had children at that time. But we did it for the future. And when we came here, we invested in this building, not only for our families at that time, but for the future families, for our children and for our grandchildren. And those of you that are here, you young people who may not be married, you invest uh, yesterday for you to come and to worship, but it's an investment for the future in the day that you might get married and have children. Uh, they will be able to come into this beautiful facility and worship the Lord also because you have helped take care of it. It's a generational process that David was speaking about. He said, I'm just doing the dirty work of challenging you to give. But my son is going to be the one who's going to be able to use the resources that you give to build this beautiful temple for the presence of God. It is a generational process when you and I invest in the house of God. I think you and I understand what it's like to desire the best for your loved ones. Isn't that true, parents? Don't you desire for your, for your children to have the best? 
Don't you desire for your, your husband or your wife to have the best? And you do whatever you can to give them the very best, whether the best you can do to feed them, the best you can do to clothe them, the very best you can do to educate them, and on and on. And so how much more should we as the children of God do our very best uh, when it comes to, to, to investing in the house uh, of God, sacrificing because we do sacrifice for our families. We sacrifice in ways for our children. We sacrifice for, for those that we care about and we love. And how much more should we be willing to sacrifice for the things uh, of God? You see, because God, when you stop and think about it, doesn't need, and, and it's a conundrum, and it's kind of a, a, a you know, thing when you say it that doesn't make sense, but God doesn't need our money, but yet he's still standing here and asking for it. So it's like an oxymoron, so to speak. But what yet, what God's word says to us, and what I'm trying to say to you, is that when we appreciate the sacrifice that God made in giving us his son, to die on the cross for our sins uh, and to pay the price for our ugliness and our iniquities, why shouldn't we want to give back to God the very best uh, that we can give to Him uh, for the upkeep of His place, his, his house that is called the house of God? So what did King David do next? In verse 5, he says these words, and... Then who is willing to consecrate his service this day to the Lord? Who's willing to consecrate? Say that word willing with me. Willing. Who is willing to consecrate? And it's interesting, that verse and the words that he uses. So David's inviting them to participate. He's not making them give. It's an invitation. So anytime, whether it's a time like this, taking a pledge, or is someone's up here picking up an offering for the tithes and, 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 and uh, um, offerings, we are inviting. No one's standing there with a gun to your head. No one's standing there. You know, uh, you can't leave until you give kind of thing. It's, it's all a personal decision that we have to make. And it's all based on God's word. And so David is inviting them. And he said, who is then willing to give to the Lord? Didn't say that, did he? Did he say that? Who's willing to give to the Lord? Read it again. Who is willing to consecrate? Say that word, consecrate. Who is willing, not to give, but to consecrate his service to the Lord. That word consecrate, he uses. And it's a word that describes, when you do a word study on it, the dedication of someone to ministry. A dedication in the importance of, of someone dedicating their lives in the service of God to serve God. That's why he uses that word. He doesn't use the word to give, like as, as you're, you're, you're giving to the goodwill, or you're giving to you know, the, the bell ringers, or, you know, you're giving to your favorite cause, and you're, you're, you're giving to them your, your, your spare time, 
you know, I'll, I'll give my spare time to, to, this, to this event or to that event. He's, he's not referring to that. And that's why he doesn't use the word give. That's why he uses the word consecrate because it goes beyond just giving. It, goes about, it has to do with dedication. That's what that word consecrate means, devotion. And so when someone is, is, is prayed for and laid hands upon to, to, to go into ministry, they're dedicating their lives, giving all of their life, devoting all of who they are in service to God. So that kind of changes the concept of when it's, okay, it's time to give. Here we go again. No, it's time to devote and to consecrate and to dedicate our service of worship, worth-ship. That's, that's the, the original English, worth-ship. And we change it to, you know, we cut everything short us Americans. Worship. They don't even pronounce it right. Worship. It's worship. When we sing it, worship, it's worship. Worth-ship. What is your, 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 your dedication worth? And so we need to understand that David is, is bringing them to a place of understanding. Not give your surplus or whatever. It's your dedication. An act of devotion. Keeping nothing Back. That's what happens when you go into ministry. Isn't that right, pastors? Uh, I heard a couple of pastors say amen. <laughs> pastors, when you go into ministry and you become a pastor, there, you hold nothing back. Amen. Nothing is held back. Everything is given to God in our lives. That's devotion and dedication and consecration. And what, so what were the people's response? Was it silence? Was it like, oh, here we go again? Let's read. Verses 6 through 9. Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and hundreds with the rulers of the king's work. So everybody got involved. Ministry people, leaders, you know, uh, everybody who was there that David was speaking to got involved. So how did they get involved? It says, and they offered willingly and gave and, and, and gave for the service. There's that word, who is willing to consecrate their service. They gave willingly to their service of the house of God. And it goes on and says of gold and he mentions how much was given. When you, when, given. When you stop and look at it translated, all that they say they gave in, in, in today's modern uh, amounts of money, when you read that, it comes out to about $4 billion, with a B, $4 billion, that these people consecrated their service for the building of the house of the Lord. What a tremendous response, that they willingly said, yes, we will participate in that. There was no criticism. There, there, was, there, was, there was no, no complaining. They just got involved. So much involved that it was all taken care of. We know how to sacrifice and to invest when it comes to our own personal lives. And I understand that. We take care of our homes. 
when the repairs need to be taken, uh, get, get done, we make the repairs, we sacrifice, we do whatever we have to do, and, and we, we take care of it. Well, however it is, we make sacrifices. But yet, it needs to come to a point when it comes to the house of God that we also learn to make sacrifices. Haggai chapter 1 in the first four verses says, reads, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, and he asked the question, is it time for you to live uh, in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? And so the people kind of had their priorities upside down because they were taking care of their homes before they were taking care of the house of God. And, and don't misunderstand me. I know we need to make repairs. I know we need to take care of our families and take care of our, 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 our personal things that we have. That's part of, of, of being um, a faithful steward to your family. But yet we still cannot neglect the house of God. Amen. And we think about if all of us here today would be willing to consecrate uh, the resources to make repairs when we have to make repairs, there would be no lack of funds and whatever we need to take care of, whatever we need to do. It would, everything would be covered. Everything would be paid for in advance. And verse 9 says, Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord and David the king also rejoiced with great uh, Joy, my goodness, there is a rejoicing mentioned twice. There is joy mentioned in the word. They were excited to give. How many are excited for what's going to be going on here this morning? <laughs> and you see, it is a hard attitude this morning. It's what it's all about. And I understand those that may be struggling, etc. I get it. Because it, it, it comes with maturity. It comes with understanding. It comes with dedication to, to ministry. If, if you belong to five churches, then I get it. Right? Yeah, I give to that one. I give to that one. I give to this one. I'm not talking to you. Give to the, 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 the number one church, the number two, three, four, and five, whatever. You know, this evangelist, that evangelist. I'm talking about you get fed here. You come to this church. Your kids come to this church. You, you love this church. You're a part. Consider yourself a member of this church. Then I'm speaking to you. Rejoice. Be happy. Because it's your church. Amen. That we come in to worship and serve the Lord. What made them rejoice? The fact that they considered their act of consecration of their resources not as a duty or obligation, but as a privilege to be able to invest in the, in the house of God. It's amazing, such a great God that we serve, who owns, as we heard last Sunday, the cattle on a thousand hills. He, everything belongs to him. He's honored. He's honored. It's a privilege. I think I missed that point, didn't I, guys? Up there on top, no shaking their heads. Yes, you always, you always miss a point. It's a privilege to give to God. And, and as our worship team uh, makes their way up this morning, 
This is a, a, a shorter service ministry message because I want to give time to show you a presentation of what is all involved. I'm just going to stand here and, and like a, you know, pick up money and not show you where it's going or why it's, it needs to be amount. I did that with our, our restroom facility overhaul. I've done that with other things. Uh, when we invested in, we invested in Pete's roof in Nicaragua. You know, a lot of you did that. God bless you for that. He's excited. Uh, he was excited for that investment that you guys made to help his roof. And so now it comes time to help with our, our roof this morning. And, and the third point, quickly, is that I mentioned this also last week. All we have comes from God. It comes from God, everything we do have. And it also belongs to him. So it comes from him, and he loans it to us. He allows us to be stewards uh, over that. Listen to David in verse 10, and uh, in verse uh, uh, 10 through 13, he prays after he saw the response of the people and how they were rejoicing at the fact they were able to give and how, how they were willing to be able to give. And he says there, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly saying, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father, Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength, power to exalt and to give strength to all. Now, our God, we give thanks to you and praise your glorious name. David gives thanks to God because he understands that the people who were willing and rejoicing as they were going to invest and had invested in, in, in building the house of God understood that what they had was just on loan to them. And because God already, it was his to begin with, they had no problem returning it to them. Because he said, God, you gave everybody power. You gave us all power to be able to gain and to, and to retain and to do what, to get what we've gotten. And so God, thank you. And we exalt you for the strength you've given to all. You see, no matter how you may feel financially drained, strapped. One fact constantly remains the same. No matter how little you say you have, what you do have, even though it may not be very much, comes from God. Well, I don't have as much as them, and I don't drive the car they drive or live in the house they live in, or I don't have the clothes they wear go where they go and do what they do. I get it. I get it. 
But what you do have, guess where it came from? It came from God. Because everything comes from God. Because without God, you wouldn't even have that. We're merely stewards of everything that we have. And so David closes out, and he says in verse 14, <clears throat> But who am I, and who are my people, that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as were all our ancestors, our days on earth, are like a shadow without hope. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and it all of it belongs to you. No one here has the right to be proud of how much we have. Nobody how much, how, no, nobody has the right to be proud. See what I've gotten. See what I've earned. Because when you have that kind of mindset, you're robbing God from allowing you to earn those resources and giving you the wisdom and the strength and, and, and the resources to be able to do that. Everything we have comes from God. And so in verse 17, he says, I know, my God, that you test the heart. And so it's a testing time right now. And are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. So it's a place where God comes and he allows our hearts to be tested as to our attitudes and our willingness or lack of to invest in the house of God. As we bow our hearts this morning for a few moments, let me close our eyes. Father, this morning, I thank you for your presence and your Holy Spirit. I give you all honor and glory and thank you for your people who are here today, whether in presence in, in your house or watching online. God, I pray that you would challenge their hearts, and as your word says, that we would pass that test of our willingness to be able to invest in the upkeep of your house. I pray for your Holy Spirit to deal with each and every one of us, God, as uh, we prepare this next step in this process. Bless each one, Father, as they pray about their giving, as they pray about their investment uh, in keeping your house restored. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, give you all honor and glory. And we all say, amen and amen. And so what I'd like to do now, if I could, uh, is, let me see if I do have this up. I'll, I'll just kind of walk over here and take a look at what we've got. I've got a PowerPoint presentation. And uh, you know what I didn't do? I wonder if I can get one of the guys to go up. Um, let me see. I'll take this guy right here. Richard. Brother Rich. Check, check. Mic check. 
Can you do me a favor to get my keys? And, and, and it's, it's the uh, one that's purple. Go into my office in the elevator. Go, go, go in there and, and you'll see a sample of the roofing and the binder. Can you bring it? Thank you. That wasn't in my PowerPoint. Okay, we're just having, we're just friends now, okay? Let's, let's loosen your tie, unbutton your collar. Church ended, right? Now we're getting down to business, all right? Here we go. Here we are, our, our beautiful building. Thank God for all the people that invested in that. So now it's our roofing project. So we can come. Girls, you can come down. Go ahead. Come down. Everybody, come down. We don't need music. <laughs> Unless it's easier for you to give. Will you give more of the music? No? Okay. Come on, you guys are good. Okay, next slide. So this is the company, Highland uh, Commercial. Commercial. Uh, they um, took, a, a, obviously, an aerial shot of our uh, Google thing, of our roofing, showing the area. It's the school, not only the school, but it's also our, our um, sanctuary roof, and the roof over the platform, and all the, all the roofs that we have, uh, including the, the uh, glass foyer area that, that are, that's going to be covered. So uh, they are a, um, you go out, Google them, and you'll see, I'll leave their, bro their brochure here, you can look at it. Um, Four stars on everything, really good reports. Next, next slide. And so there's a picture of our roof. You can see it's metal. And uh, uh, you can see that uh, some repairs have been made. This is the, the um, hey, what's going on, guys? Come on, keep it still. Uh, repairs have been made with wet patching uh, and during sooner or after storms, which we have. Uh, guys have been doing that over and over and over again with fabric. And it just gives a thing, and it says, no longer prevent water penetration through the roofing. So we need a new roof, basically, okay? So you can see that. And uh, go to the next one. So uh, they, they, they looked at it and said, okay, so after uh, looking at the recommendations, making uh, careful inspection, consideration, da 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 uh, you need a new roof. And here's what we recommend. So uh, I've got a sample that uh, Rich is going to be bringing down. And you can see the sample that they're going to be putting on, how they're going to do it. And uh, that's the installation. Oh, there it is. Thanks. Where's my little, little thing that was on top of it? <laughs> you can tell we, this is not scripted, right? This is on the fly. Okay, because I forgot. So uh, here it is. Roof is okay. And the recommendation uh, and the warranty. We'll really look at that next slide. Uh, and so this is what they're going to be doing. It's a spray-on over all the roof, spray foam over metal. Rich is going to be bringing me that sample, and I'll show it to you. I'll leave it up here. Next one, UL tested, you know, all the, the, the things that are necessary for safety, energy star. Right now, we just have a metal roof, okay? So you can imagine if you've ever been in a garage with a tin roof, how hot it gets, or in a building with a tin roof, how hot it gets. Nancy and I had a van in Las Vegas that was metal with no insulation, hot, okay? So you can see that uh, it's gonna cut back on our air, con air conditioning costs a lot because you'll see how thick that uh, finish they're gonna put on is 24 compliant, uh, approved, and so on. Next slide, that's how they put it on. So here we go, here's the investment summary. Option, there's two options, option number one, 15-year unconditional leak-free system. 
uh, non-prorated, so you can, they won't come back in 10 years. Well, we're only going to give you part. We're not going to fix it. It's unconditional, and uh, it's not prorated, so they'll fix it, whatever. Uh, and they give this, the name, the system specification, uh, the address here, the entire roof area, including all the roofs, etc., and so on. The investment to do that is $151,885,000. Includes all labor, materials, taxes, freight, and insurance. All right? Thank you, Rich. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good job. Yeah. Amen. I'm not going to fight with him. He's too big for me. Um, okay, so uh, let me see. What was I thinking? Okay, so those of you who have put a roof on your house, if you ever put a roof on your house, you had a re-roof, uh, you know a roof costs, what, maybe fifteen, twenty thousand, 20000 sometimes 30000 depending on what you do. Okay, so you figure we have like close to 50,000 square feet. A house typical is like 1,900 square feet, 1,200 square feet. So you can imagine the cost. And so we've, we've talked to a couple of people, different companies, and um, these are the guys that I feel would do the best job for us. So it says payment terms. Um, Albert's looking at me, making sure that I, I do everything right, okay? <laughs> no deposit due at contract signing, okay? So once we uh, contract this company, we don't have to give them any money, which is cool. 45% uh, due at the commencement when they start the work. 35% due at completion of foam at base coat. 20% when they finish and everything else. So... 45% um, when they start, basically when they do this thick stuff, this thick part right there. They do this, that's when we have to give them some money, okay? After we do that, there you go. Then after they do that, it says we have to give them back um, 35%, okay? So 45 down to start, 35%, I, I got it wrong, when you finish this part, and then 20%, when they put this layer on top. You'll, you'll be able to see that if you want to come up and look at it. Um, there you go. It's a sparkly layer, and, and that, that's the finish, okay? So let's get back to the presentation. Uh, so let's go to the, that's, that's option number uh, two. Here we go. It's a 20-year. The first one was uh, uh, 15. This is a 20-year. The difference is they put four coats on top of this instead of two. This is two. Uh, and, but he told me, he said, you'll get more than 15 years. And so I've only got about maybe 20 years of my life left. So it's your problem who's ever left here. <laughs> hey, here we go, right? Be real. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's our grandkids, right? They're going to take care of it. All right, here we go. And it's the same thing. It doesn't only it's 20 years, but it costs more money. You see 171 instead of 151. And et cetera. And so obviously more due at the beginning, et cetera, and so on. So let's go back. Next slide. So at 151,000, we do the 15-year guarantee. 45% uh, comes out to $68,348.25. That's when they start to work. We have to give them that much money. Uh, once they start doing this foam stuff and, and they, they finish it, we have to give them 53,000, you know, 159.75. And then uh, once they finish that, we have to give them the 30,000 of the balance due. 
it just goes up as we go to the 20-year guarantee. We just got to give them more money. Next slide. So these are the companies that they've, they've done business with. Most of us know them, uh, done business with them. And so they've been around for, for a good uh, while. They do good work. And I, I checked out their, their different uh, references and stuff. And so what's the next? There it is. We're back again. And, and so uh, there, there you have uh, the presentation and what needs to happen. So quickly getting with you, you don't have to worry about your kids because they're in the balcony with their teachers. So uh, they're being taken care of. Um, so what we need to do is that obviously no money is due until we, we, they start the process. So uh, they're going to start. We've got some time. We have to do it. They can't do it in the rain. And, and so we are looking at probably an August date start time. So that means that gives us like almost three months because it's only the 3rd of June. About three months to, to get uh, our money coming in so we can give them that down payment. Uh, what was that down payment again, if we could, please? Uh, uh, there it is. Good job. 68000 Let's say, let's say 70000 69000 uh, by August, okay? So uh, if we could, August 1st deadline, uh, we're going to have a, a thermometer-type gauge here. may not be a thermometer, but a nice gauge every service to show, you know, during, before service starts, we show the uh, different PowerPoints and, and uh, after service to show the progress of how the giving's gone. And so uh, if uh, we got pledge envelopes here, if we could pass them out, guys, give them out to uh, everybody. If you've done that already, get them going. Let's go. People want to go home, chicken's burning. Um, so so uh, we're going to go ahead and pass those out. Just pass them down, down and um, go home. And I want you to pray about uh, giving. You know, and the, the thing is, is always, well, I know so-and-so can give this, and I know they're going to give this. Don't do that. It's about you. It's about me. It's personal. It's your relationship with God, what you want to consecrate to the Lord. And so um, let's see. There it is right there. Yeah, keep it up. We're probably going to go, if, if we get enough money to come into option two, good. Grandkids are saved. Praise God. I'm not going uh, to stick them with trillions of dollars of debt. So, so um, there you go, August 1st, and, and we'll come back to you on August 1st and let you know exactly where we are. And because, you know, they get the, it's going to take a week or... I don't think two weeks, but whatever to do the process because of preparation and so on. We don't have to stop church. We can keep coming. They're not going to bother us. They'll do it. Uh, and and uh, it's not going to interfere with our activities here. So uh, it's a good process. Amen. And so um, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. We've done. We, we've used the mastic, the tar, the tape, and everything else. And uh, it's finished. <laughs> all right. So why don't we all stand here uh, this morning? And we're going to go ahead and, and, and close in prayer. And so I would like for uh, Pastor Dan, why don't you come? Uh, we're going to, oh, we got to pick up the offering. You know, what am I going to do? Rob God here. I'm not going to rob God. Who's doing the offering? Pastor, Pastor Jesse. Okay. Um, you, you go ahead and come up. Yeah, that's fine. But I just want to pray for this, this portion of it, and then you can pick up the offering. So I want to thank you in advance, obviously, on behalf of our, 
our, our, my wife and myself and our, our staff and pastors and everybody here for your, for your participation and for your investment that you're going to be making. I know sacrifice. You know it's sacrifice. I get it. But I think we can do it together. God will, will make it happen. We believe God can make it happen. Amen. Look, this building got built. This building got built over a million dollars, and you did it. And so, you know, you did it. So $151,000, you can do it. All right? So we're going to pray for, for, for this part, and then Pastor Jesse will come up and uh, pray for the, uh, the rest of the offering. Father, right now, I do thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, for each and every one who is here who will consecrate their resources to you, dedicate their resources to your house. Father, in everything we do, God, whether it be in evangelism, whether it be for our children's ministry, whether it be for, for, for our adult ministries, whatever it is, we do it all for your honor and your glory. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would challenge the hearts as your word, as David said, that you're testing us to see our dedication and our commitment to, and devotion to you when it comes to our resources. And I pray that we all pass that test this morning, Father. I thank you today for the privilege you've given to us. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people say... Amen.